Welcome into the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tui. You can call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstructioncompany.com to browse the work and read reviews. You can go to House and Facebook and Instagram to do more of, uh, to see more of their work as well. And today's show, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, how do you um, basically make sure that you are working with a reputable uh, carpenter, there's scams out there. People are always afraid of them. Not everyone has uh, the the ability that I had, where I got to host a show with you for a couple of years before. I said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you come out and do some work in my house. That's that's kind of a long process that I don't think you want to just be sitting down. Yeah, I'm doing, open to that. You know, if somebody else <laughs> wants do to a, do just, just do a show with uh, anyone that's uh, you know potential uh, client of yours. So, um, and, and we've done this show a couple of times, and I think it's good because I mentioned that I see it on the. I live in Oregon, the Oregon Facebook page, and they're talking about, hey, where do, where can I find a good contractor? Or, or my contractor's asking me this, is that okay? And and there's there's so people have these questions, and I think they're all fair. Some of them, looks you've been a, a carpenter starting, so you're not saying that carpenters out there are nefarious or are trying to scam people. Sometimes it's just errors of thinking they can do too much or not knowing. The business side of things, overshooting their skis. So, uh, a lot of these questions not necessarily saying that like, you know, every new, you know, everyone is bad. It's just more of like some things to keep an eye out for and, and kind of raise your antennae for. And the first one here that it says is um, to ask the question of like, how long have you been performing this type of work? And Mike, you can kind of talk why that's important, but also you know talk a little about Edge and, and kind of how you guys have and your career as far as growing into this. Yeah, um, for myself, I started about. 30 years ago, um, I was carrying heavy sheets of plywood for eight bucks an hour <laughs> and loving every second of it. I mean, like, uh, we noticed this with our with our people, too. We started a lot of young people in, um, in the trades, and some of them, you can tell the minute they start, it's like they're, they're never going to do anything else. They just, uh, there's something about seeing that, that uh, structure go up. And knowing you had a part of it, part of it, and had a part in it, and uh, I, I have a friend who's, uh, well, I have a lot of friends that don't do construction, but there's been a couple of them that over the years. I've said, you know, it must be really nice to see the results of your work <laughs> every day. There, nothing against being an accountant, or, but, but you know, you don't really, you don't get the not, same you feeling <laughs> of looking at the Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> to see the like I kitchen. really kicked that spreadsheet, but, right? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I started off outside, uh, loved it. Uh, after about uh, six, eight years of that framing houses, um, um, doing doing all sorts of outside work, it was a good background for what I do now uh, because you you understand how a house gets built. You can build a house. I could build a house. You put me on a house tomorrow, Jim. I can build that house. <laughs> uh, so I I think there's uh, some good stuff to that. And plus, back then, like nobody got to come inside and do the do this fun stuff we do on the inside now. Uh, without paying your dues outside first, you know you didn't you didn't you didn't get hired just to go inside. <laughs> you sort of had to earn that uh, privilege, and then you got got taught some of that stuff. But uh, and I think you're you're talking about when you're talking about like a, a carpenter on one of the neighborhood sites. Um, so I kind of refer to them as sort of uh, like one man shows. Um, could be a man, woman, whatever. Handyman, handyman. Yeah. Yep. Or somebody that's just starting off. Like I started off. Um, I think the first job I ever somebody hired me to do as kind of a remodel was a basement, and uh, so I framed it, did the drywall, uh, hired hired an electrician, hired a plumber, 
Uh, got some flooring in there. <laughs> got it all done. I, I looked it up. I had a one-page contract. I ran across it uh, not too long ago, and I brought it into a meeting because I actually drew a picture of the basement and had some notes on there, and everybody signed it and it had a, a number, which was embarrassingly low. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did not make money. I'm sorry, uh, Christy, my wife, <laughs> probably <laughs> remembers not making money pretty well. Um, but things change after a while. You know, you get more experience. You do tougher jobs. You do more intricate jobs. You, you figure in design and things that that we're doing now were a lot different than when I was just that one person trying to do all that stuff. Um, and 30 years ago, I don't remember if we had cell phones. <laughs> I don't remember I don't using so. a cell no, phone. No. Um, I, I, I do remember the first, uh, since I've, my wife uh, is very patient with me. I remember the first time she called me when I was actually on a job and I had a cell phone and just to talk. And I was like, why would anybody do that? <laughs> why are, you can't call me just to talk. I'm, I'm at work here. But you know, times have changed, right? Yes. Times have changed. Now we now we all get those calls. <laughs> but um, no, not actually, they move past calls like a text. <laughs> that that was text is a great yeah, it's a great thing uh, when the texting came along. So, how, how long have you done this kind of work, and what kind of what's your background? I I look at it like uh, homeowners should be interviewing people, like I interview people when when people are going to come work for us. I'll ask them how long have you done this work, and and how did you build your skill set. Who did you learn from? Like, like you might want to hire somebody that worked for a really reputable remodeler and says, hey, you know, I, I just progressed in my career to a point that I want to do this on my own. I did all the same stuff for somebody else, and, and now here I am. I'm kind of starting off uh, my own business. So you could get somebody that is is in that situation that has a lot of experience and, uh, and a pretty good track record, maybe some happy customers, customers uh, in, in their wake. So um, I think, too, uh, when you ask how long have you been at this, one of the biggest concerns I would have when I'm, when I, if I was hiring somebody like me is I want them to be around for several years, several years after I do, they do my job. Yeah. You know, like after they do my kitchen. What if I have a, a major problem three years down the road? Uh, a good company, a reputable company, or, or somebody that, has a track record, there's a really good chance they're going to be around to deal with it. And when I talk to our homeowners and, and it's time to close everything out and we're done and we're going our separate ways, we tell them flat out, if you ever have a problem, call us. Um, well, certainly if we did something wrong, we obviously want to fix it. I don't care if it's a year like the law says or or five years down the road, we want to deal with it. We don't want somebody else to fix our problem. Um, if it's If it's not something that was anybody's fault, We'll help you get there. You know, we'll help you get it fixed. We'll get help you deal with the issue later on. So I want that responsibility. And I, you can't do those kinds of things. Uh, you can't say those kinds of things unless you've been around a little while and are going to be around a little while. And you know, one of the things here is, is ask the contractor you speak with, um, or after each contractor you speak with, and this is recommending uh, at least reaching out to three. Is that still uh, kind of common practice? Not saying that people shouldn't, but I just know that, uh, look, when I buy things, whatever. It's a lot of online research. So it's not necessarily the the contractors, but it's already you've almost narrowed yourself down. Whether it's through advertising, through word of mouth, through you know that you're almost just looking for a reason to say yes if you're the the, the uh, perspective you know person to work with you, just because they've already done a lot of research to kind of get them to the point of maybe there's two, but 
Uh, I don't know. Is is still like meeting with multiple ones? Still something you run into a lot? You mean for references? Yeah. Well, not not references, but also like, hey, I'm gonna have all the you know contractor X, Y, and Z out there. Yeah. Um. It's tough. The 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 um. I understand why people do that. I don't. In today's climate, we're we get routinely we have homeowners, customers of ours tell us. Uh, you know, at the end, I'll ask them, hey, how did you settle on us? And they'll say, well, we called 12 people, and you're the only people that came out. Wow. <laughs> you're okay. the only person that calls back. That hap- It happens a lot. Um, I, when good contractors are so busy, I don't know how you get um, three good, really good contractors to go through that upfront process at the same time and compete against each other. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, and we routinely have people do it. Um, I, th- I think when you're when – you're, if you're doing that – um, don't look for a good, better, best scenario, you know, try and find similar contractors and pick based on style and how well you like them. And are you going to get along? I mean, getting along with, with the homeowner through a modeling process is really important to us. Um, uh, we, we, we want that kind of thing. I think if you're from our standpoint, I always look at us and say, well, listen, uh, we do a lot of work. We're probably not the cheapest. Um, I don't think we, could get this amount of work if we were not price competitive so the cost kind of ends up being what it is sometimes people do choose um that that smaller contract that's starting out because um, maybe they can do this job cheaper they don't have as much overhead you might not be getting all the same things you know design wise but maybe maybe you just decide hey maybe i don't need all that maybe i may i'll wing it on design and and trust my instincts um get a little out to help or something. And so um, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I'm trying to compare four or five contractors. I think it ends up being more like, more like a couple. And I think that's, that is probably a healthy process. This is the Edge Construction Homey Modeling Show. I'm 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app and Wisconsin on the man. Welcome back to the Edge Construction Homey Modeling Show. I'm 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app and Wisconsin on demand. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuick from Edge Construction. Call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstructioncom to browse the work and read reviews. You can go to House, Facebook, Instagram to see more of their work as well. We're talking about questions you should be asking contractors to make sure that you are working with someone that uh, is qualified and, and, and also not someone that would scam. Like I said before, I probably assume that most people, if there are mistakes done, it's more of they're maybe not fully qualified to do the work that they thought they could do as opposed to full-on scamming, but that is a thing. And But one of the questions here that uh, I think they all kind of tie together, it's asking about license to perform, to perform the work, um, probably ask about experience with specific work, insurance uh, for the work, and also permits. And also there's nothing wrong with asking to see the certificate of insurance and uh, license number for do the, doing these sort of work. So have you, have you ever have you ever seen a, a, a uh, we call them certs but certificate certificate of insurance you know what, you know what that is um, I feel like only like in, like I think we send them in and out of times like with like, right. like yeah the advertising side of things so I think I've seen them come across my desk yeah so um, that is that is actually a really um, a good thing to ask if you're a homeowner and you're hired a remodeler and because everybody says okay are are you insured yes I'm insured well why there's if you sell insurance, there, there's probably more than one. It's like there's yeah. a lot of different variations of that, you know. Um, so, basic coverage would be liability insurance. That's um, um, that's if uh, oh boy, maybe that maybe the contractor is a faulty tool they plug in and it burns your house down. 
they should have insurance to pay for that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that shouldn't yeah. fall on your homeowners. Um, that that's kind of the first level insurance. That the and and that's one I'm going to talk about. The next level insurance is um, is workman's comp. So on our jobs, everybody that comes on your job is covered by workman's comp. That means we don't hire independent contractors. Uh, most of the work is, that's done is done in-house anyways, meaning they're actually my employees, which means they're covered by workman's comp. So w- what what kind of risk would you have hiring an independent? Well, strange things happen, right? Um, if that if that person you hired to come in and, and do some work for you, even if it's a small job, trips on a step, um, tears their knee out or breaks their head open, and I'm talking about things that have actually happened to us and been covered by my employees. We missed a step, um, had a had a head injury that turned out not to be serious, but could have been. Um, one of my one of my best guys been with us longer than anybody. Just dropped something and reached for it on a on a gravel driveway and and uh, tore his ACL. Oh, and so what what happens there is if the injury is bad enough and you don't have the and they're they're not covered under under workman's comp or if you hire a contractor that hires independent contractors, if the injury is bad enough, uh, the insurance company or lawyers start looking around who can we who can accept some of this liability. So you could be a homeowner thinking, well, I asked them if they were insured, and they yeah. said yes. Well, okay, liability insurance would not cover that. Workman's comp would, which is why I don't like to hire independents myself because I go well. If some strange thing happens and this independent contractor gets hurt on my job, um, it's probably not going to be something light like shooting your finger with a nail gun. It's going to be cutting the finger off, right? Right, yeah. Um, it's going to be something expensive. Uh, so anyways, there's a lot of liability there, and I could bore you to death with it. <laughs> but um, occasionally we get, we get people that work uh, uh, in the legal profession, that we do work for, and they'll say, uh, "Send me a certificate. <laughs> I want to see what insurance you have. Send yeah. me a certificate, so they can you can get this this sheet by email or in the mail, and it's, it lists all the coverages that um, that this contractor has, and it's a really good thing to have. Um, as far as being licensed, so in in this state, in Wisconsin, to be able to pull permits, which is also on our docket yeah. here, uh, you have to have more than one license. Actually, there's a couple licenses. Um, we're actually an electrical contractor, so that's another license that I have to have. So I have three licenses that allow me to pull permits um, under those licenses in Wisconsin. So a homeowner can also pull those permits. I mean, you could pull your own permit um, and do your own bath or finish your own basement. It would go through the same inspection process as normal. You don't do that, though, right? No. <laughs> Not going to pull your I own I think permit. I had to pull – I pulled one for my fence because my wife was very insistent okay. that we had to do it for the fence. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. Uh, Did you get inspected? No. Nobody inspected. I just had to, like, get a permit. Yeah. Oh, so it was more like a zoning permit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just remember I had to go there, and I'm like, what? And they just said, like, give me money. I said, okay, here you go, and then I can build the fence. <laughs> yeah, you give them Right. It's just an added cost to the fence. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so on the other side, so if you're going to build something, like if you're going to build a deck uh. and put up a fence... You would you would really be required to have a building permit, so that's. Well, I didn't do that when we added onto our deck and put out the railings and all that jazz. So yes. I don't live there anymore. <laughs> I, I won't tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, all that that it's it's there for everybody's protection. But uh, there are there are people starting off or 
I've hiring carpenters on Craigslist. I've heard this many times from homeowners um, that where they were not able to pull the permit but able to do the work and ask the home the homeowner pulled the permit for this person, or they worked with worked without a permit. Uh, both are bad situations because now the homeowner is accepting all the liability. Um, this person that did the work really isn't is in nowhere land, right? They're they're they did the work, but they're not really liable. I don't think for anything. Um, and uh, I, I I like the the contractor pulling the permit as an added layer of res, 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 um, transferring the responsibility uh, for the job. So. Um, in your in your contract, you should that you're signing it. It should be stated in there. I'm going to pull the permits. Contract should be pulling the permits as licensed to um, do this work, and we'll provide that license number. Uh, actually, in this state, you can you can look it up online. Anybody can look up my permit, uh, my license, and go. Hey, you know you're you're lapsed. <laughs> uh, you're going to take care of this. You can pull a permit in my house. Um, there's actually uh, two months before uh, we pull the permit, before we renew our license, that we have to um, do continuing education. So there's some requirements there. Uh, we also have to provide uh, certificate of insurances to the state to be able to get those licenses to pull the permit. So it's all process, and it's all there to protect homeowners, um, whether they believe it or not, so, <laughs> <laughs> or use that that system or not. I. We get routinely asked to um, do work for people without a permit, by the way. Really? Yeah, because uh, I think some of it has to do with uh, sometimes homeowners, I don't know if you know about this, Jim, will do work in their house <laughs> outside of the system <laughs> and not have things um, checked. Uh, we, we, we won't do I that. I legitimately didn't know that if you did work on your own house, you had to get a building permit for it. <laughs> you didn't know that. Well, you, do, you know now, ignorance is no longer bliss. Earmuffs, Jim. Earmuffs. So, anyways, um, I so, think actually there's is that there's, because I'm guessing that because uh, I know I always get like I feel like it's every other year the city uh, or the town of Oregon wants to pop in and give a appraisal of the house so they can tax you more. Is that kind of basically what they're talking about? Well, yeah, I, th- I think there are concerns there, um, but um, it's just a bad idea. I, I I foresee a future, by the way, where. Um, there, there are liability issues here, okay? Because a, a lot of the houses we go into, people thought they were getting a remodeled bathroom. And really what it was done was either it was flipped without a permit, meaning somebody bought the house temporarily or just for a short amount of time, yeah. kind of spruced it up a little bit, made it look like there'd been a bunch of remodeling, and then sold it as a remodeled house <clears throat> where it was some sugar coating. It really wasn't remodeling. So buyer beware. Um, I have been involved in a, in a couple of those houses where my recommendation was to get a lawyer and look at the previous owner and say, hey, you know, show me the permits that were that were done on this work. I bought a kitchen that I thought was remodeled with permits, and I found all kinds of code violations and and things that should have been caught out by the permit process. So I think in the future at some point, I'm all for less government, but there are things they should be doing and um um i think i think that it's a it's a bad system when people are doing that much stuff major projects uh, load bearing walls and putting beams in without inspection uh anything to do with mechanicals uh, plumbing electrical heating all that stuff really needs to be looked at and made sure it's safe and working the way it's supposed to 
This is the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Welcome back to the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuick from Edge Construction. Call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstructioncom.com, browse their work, and read reviews. Go to House Facebook, and Instagram to see more of their work as well. Uh, we are talking about uh, things to look for when you're hiring a contractor and things to avoid, things to questions to ask to make sure you are getting someone that's reputable. One thing here is how much will the project cost? And I'll start that. I know that you've said that a lot of you know contractors can you know, almost make money on the change orders and, and kind of have some ambiguity with it. We obviously are working with you guys. It was a very clear process of, hey, here's the quote. Here's the... Uh, Here's the price. Uh, you have this long to do it. Otherwise, you might have to revisit the price for depending on the cost of materials. Sign up. Here's your payment. Here's the payment schedule. Here's the contract date. So it was very clear. Uh, my wife's a former banker. She's been in there her life. She was able to look at that and had I think zero questions for me, uh, just because she you know was pretty clear to understand exactly what was going on and, and she's an equivalent person. So I know from experience that Edge has got a very clean uh, and pretty crystal clear process, but that's not always the case. It's not always the case, and I, and I think there's a lot of um, – um, there. there's not very many people that do it exactly like that. Um, I hear much more of the other side where that pro- – like it seems like how much will the project cost? What a dumb question. I mean, like that's going to be one of the first things you're going to be talking about. You're going to talk about money all the way through this design process, and then you're going to sign a contract that's going to have a price attached to it, and that's going to be the – that's it. Uh, but somehow – on average, remodeling projects come in 10 to 20% over budget routinely, even when you, I mean, those are national stats. Yep. Um, and even though you signed this contract that says it should cost this much, uh, to me, that is kind of robbery, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that means too many remodel contracts are, are too many remodels are going to contract. Uh, where things aren't decided. Maybe there's still a lot of allowances. Uh, we're going to, Put an allowance in of two or five thousand dollars for flooring, and if you go over, it's your problem. If you go under, um, I think th- it's a bad plan because um, I, when you're when we go to contract, I'm just not built that way. I want to have a clear con- uh, contract pricing that we can really live with because now we're going to come in at that price. So if you pick the six thousand dollar flooring, okay. Maybe if you knew that up front before you went to contract, you could adjust something else and still stay in budget. But once your contract's signed and you're in construction, it's too late. So I understand why these things go over. Um, I I don't like change orders. Um, we don't make money on change orders. That is not the norm. The norm is um, we have a lot of amb- ambiguity in the contract, and it leaves a lot of decisions till later. And then when you make those decisions – Every one of them costs you um, dollars and pennies, right? So you then all of a sudden you're putting a, a, ch- a chains order markup because it's it's harder to do that later on. In the fact, so like I don't think that's really how design should happen. I think design should happen all at once up at front. You want to be able to look at how all this stuff works off each other, uh, whether it's cabinets and and appliances and and countertops and flooring. All that should be picked out together. Um, if if you're and and the the other side of the contract is the same way, like the budgeting is so tough. It's such a tough process to get these things to come in um, on time and and on budget 
that when you leave too much to chance, it gets it gets tough later on to do that. So, well, and then kind of you know kind of adding on to that here, it does say the the estimated start and completion dates of the project. So, and you've talked about it before, and it was written in the contract that we signed. It like I think it's like sixty days, but it's basically you want to have the materials before you get digging into our house, which makes sense. You don't want to start you know for ours we're switching out basically anything that's fruit wood in the house uh, <laughs> and making it white. Uh, and changing out the doors and all that kind of stuff that you don't want to have that job all tore up and then we don't have any doors or trim because you didn't have the the, the, the materials you need. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And your wife would not love us. No, no, that would, then she'd be upset, yeah. <laughs> but that's really tough. I, I, anybody who's watching anything nowadays knows the material thing on in construction and probably every other business is really struggling. So manufacturing is getting their butt kicked. Um, all this stuff that's coming from overseas, uh, and believe it or not, there's weird stuff in construction that comes from uh, um, Asia, China, slash whatever else is over there. Um, I found out a couple weeks ago, actually, I didn't even know this, uh, but primed pine jams, which door jams, um, we use them for doors and window trim and things like this. Uh, the majority of those in the world are made in Indonesia or someplace over there. And so it's like, I never knew this. <laughs> Why aren't we getting jams? Why is this hard to get jams? Why did they triple in price? Um, and so I, I, we're kind of now operating on the on the the deal where I'm going, what is it today? Like, what's the going to be the material issue today? So we're we're pulling more stuff in, like you said. We're, we're getting it in our hands before we start jobs because I, I don't want to have one thing – screw us up whether it's flooring like at, at your house you got a little bit of yeah. flooring but that would mean we couldn't finish part of that trim job because we're waiting on the flooring and it's just um, um it's not an efficient process it's, it's frustrating for you guys if it, if it happens and so the more you can get your hands on the better could i have done this um 25 years ago when i started doing remodels no way i wouldn't <laughs> have a place to put it i wouldn't have known what what to get uh i feel bad for anybody starting off right now just because the material thing is such a big problem um, it's not just the cost. It's okay. You you need to be able to get your hands on things, and uh, hopefully this gets straightened out soon. I I um, have hopes, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it is a, is a real struggle. Oh, one thing on on going back to project cost, yeah. if I can, um, I just touch on it quick. It's just there's a couple of different ways to handle project cost. Um, uh, out east, I have a lot of friends that build and remodel out east on the east coast. And they have a, a, a really popular contract out there called Cost Plus. We're fixed price. Like we're talking about the contract you, you got signed, that's a fixed price. That's just what it's going to yeah. be. It didn't really leave us a lot of outs to keep to raise things up, right? We found yeah. something behind the wall, so we're going to jack up your cost. Uh, nope, we're not, not going to do yeah. that. We can't do yeah. that. Uh, we're locked in by our contract. Um, out there, they have this. It's, a, it's more of a moving target. Uh, they call it Cost Plus. And everybody I know out there works on Cost Plus, and for the contractors, they go, it's great. I just, uh, um, we spend all week, and we add up our hours and, and bill a homeowner every Monday, and they give us a check. I say, yeah, but what you, what's the end cost? And it's well, we don't really know yet. We're in, we're in the middle of this. Uh, we give them a, some kind of an estimate on on cost, and we're going to talk about time schedule. <laughs> they give them, you give them some best guess. Um, you know, at the, at the start of things, I'm like, wow, you got just homeowners with endless pocketbooks. They yeah. can just keep going. And, and uh, um, so I, I'm not built that way. I don't think, I think I would go a little nuts. And I, I, I haven't met any of our homeowners that were, were going, oh, just let me, I don't need to know the end cost. <laughs> right. We'll just keep, keep going with this. But 
uh, things get hot in different areas, I guess, and it's very popular out there. Well, and we'll kind of wrap up this conversation on the idea of the payment schedule. We've talked about that before. Of like, you know, it says here, down payment, try to avoid paying more than 50% up front, but, you know, in the contract written out of like, here, but also it's, here's the down payment, but here's where we're buying this. And then when we need to buy the doors, you owe this part of it. Yeah. And then this last part of it, when we're doing the last little bit, you owe this. And then like at the very end, there's a small amount. And that's, but it breaks it down. of like, oh, well, you're just buying the materials each yeah. way through and, and, and kind of how it goes along. It doesn't give a specific date, but it just says like, when we reach this point in the project, you owe this again. So I always think the payment schedule shouldn't really hurt either side. No. You know, um, you don't want to. You want to get too far ahead paying for things as a homeowner because then you're like, well, are they going to finish all this work? If, I'm, if I write them a check, are they going to come back? <laughs> um, and then uh, from the from our side, um, you know, we have a lot of risk too, so we're 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 putting out a lot of money for this yeah. stuff. Um, I I was kind of I pay the bills in our shop, believe it or not. I, I it's, it's my part of my job. And I, I think it's really healthy because I get to see how this works, and I know where the money's going and what jobs we're, we're paying for at what time. And um, they used to have much more flexible payment schedules. Now when we order cabinets, um, we are we're, we're generally have those paid for before we take possession of them, believe it or not. So <clears throat> when they're in final week of production, we get billed. We get like a 1% um, incentive to pay then. Um, in today's market, you really can't afford to give up even 1%, yeah. so we pay it. Uh, uh, a couple weeks later, the cabinets show up. So a lot of times that's a month before we're starting the kitchen or two or three weeks before we're starting the kitchen. So um, contractors can have a lot of upfront cost. Um, we're taking possession usually of plumbing fixtures, especially if they're a little tougher to get. A lot of the flooring stuff, uh, a lot of the tile, um, it's, it's not unheard of for us to have um, – six or eight pallets of tile for upcoming jobs because we just don't want to get caught uh, not having the material or not being able to get it when we need it. So we get it, we pay for it up front, we, we get it in our hands so that we can uh, be ready to go. So that means you do have some risk. You've got to, you've got to take some payment um, early in the job. But um, like I said, it shouldn't really hurt either party. No, and it's it's clear. I think the, the 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 lack of ambiguity is the part that makes it pretty easy to handle. This is the Edge Construction Only Modeling Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on demand. Welcome back to the Edge Construction Home and Modeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Jim Rutledge with Mike Tuick from Edge Construction. Call Mike at 636-EDGE. You can go to edgeconstruction.com to browse the work and read reviews. Go to House, Facebook, Instagram to see more of their work as well. Uh, we're talking about things to uh, make sure that you are you know, talking through with your um, contractor because you want to make sure that it's the sort of thing that, uh, that they're a reputable contractor. One thing also is just the... Uh, the schedule here to make sure that there is a plan of when things are going to be happening, when things will be done. Yeah. Um, so when I go, when I go um, um, to the national shows, a lot of times what I do is take classes on and everything from technique and, and different things out in the field. But uh, I also, I, it's not the most exciting um, thing to take a class on, but I've taken several classes on contracts. So because we deal in contracts with this, this marriage between a, a remodeler and a homeowner, uh, contracts in the middle, the one one thing that really stuck with me on one of the last classes I took was it's not really a contract with if work is going to be done and there's an, a start and an end, unless there's some talk about schedule and a, a starting date and a completion date. Now, does that mean if 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 you're a little off um, that it's actionable? 
No, it doesn't. Um, but I think it should be somewhat realistic. Um, so if we, they explained it to me and said, okay, if if your contractor, if you're a contractor and you give a homeowner of a, a tentative start date and you're 30 days off, uh, it's annoying, not actually, 60 days off even, probably still not. But if it's a year off, yeah, that's that's a big problem. <laughs> you know, that's a big problem. A contractor's get in very big trouble, get sued and things for that. Same for completion dates. If you go, well, it's going to it's going to take a we think it's going to take 120 days and it takes 150. You know, we don't know. There could be a lot of the supply chain, weather, there's a lot of influences there. Now, I I don't want to be that far off. Nobody wants to be that far off. Um, but I see it all the time. It happens all the time. If it's same thing, if it's 300 days, that's a big problem. That's a that's when lawyers get involved. So, those things need to be in the contract. Um, I, I've talked to friends of mine that remodel and say, I'll, I'll never put a schedule in a contract because remodeling, we just don't know what's going to happen. And, well, that's somewhat true, but you still have, if you've been doing this a while, you should have a track record. You should be able to go, our kitchens take us about this long. As long as this conversation happens between a homeowner and a remodeler that uh, everybody understands, hey, we're, we're going to give you this amount of time. You know, this is what we're shooting for. If I tell somebody 150 days, by the way, that means I have to shoot for 125 days because I know there's going to be, pro- there's always something. Right. Yeah, you know, there could be something that happens. So, well, and the other thing here I wanted to talk about is the idea of, you talked about actionable steps that we talk about this, the scam part of it. Uh, we really haven't hit on any of that. That's been more of like, hey, more about are they qualified? Uh, obviously, licensing could be part of it. But again, that's, we talked more about the idea of like, they might just not be fully capable of being a business to handle the gig but there are concerns and i know you said before of if people are buying materials and they don't pay for it and they take your money like you're on the hook for some of these sort of things so i think you kind of talk about uh this last little bit here this the, the actual uh consequences and scams that can be out there and that can really affect the homeowner they might not be aware of yeah um and i have heard these stories i've I got one in particular where um uh, a homeowner that we know hired somebody uh, online, just found him, uh, to do some landscaping. And it was pretty reasonable, and the person was doing the work okay. Um, and come to find out that they had bought and some plants and, and, and materials from one of the local stores and on credit and basically skipped town. And so... Uh, the homeowner was unsuspecting, paid this person to do the work, but they didn't use the money to pay the bill. So, what do you? Who do you think's liable for the bill? Well, I know it's you, the know, you know yeah, someone, yeah, yeah. And so, um, the way this works in in Wisconsin, I'm not sure about everywhere else, but um, it's it's kind of the homeowner is responsible for the bill no matter what. Uh, it seems unfair and probably is a little unfair, um, but. If if you hire somebody, that's why that's why all these things come into play, right? We're talking about that. How long have you been in business? What's your track record? You want to look at some reviews. There should be review, reviews, right? If you've yeah. been around for a while, there should be some evidence of how you do work and paying your bills, um, uh, so that something like this doesn't happen. Uh, I I recommend our homeowners. Hey, um, if you really want to know how somebody does business, talk to the people that they pay. Like uh, we we buy materials from several different places. You are well. You or anybody else are welcome to call them. Um, I would give the, anybody permission to to answer questions about us. 
What's your feeling on these guys? Have they how long have they been your customer? Do they pay their bills on time? Have you ever had issues between yourself and the homeowner? And how did how did that happen? How did that get resolved? Was it was it is everything okay? Um, so I think I think that's that is a, a great way to do it. I, there's the lien process. So um, if if uh, if, uh, if 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 this person that bought these materials in town, uh, around town from the shops, um, uh, before he wanted to get paid, he had to pr- provide some kind of proof that he had paid those. Yeah, the, you can go this process. I know for a fact it's, it's, it almost never happens. So there's there's probably a way to protect yourself as a homeowner. Or you know, I've heard of homeowners go, you know what, I think I'll just buy the materials. That way I know they're getting paid for directly. So. Yeah, and you know that's the the kind of scary part here, and that's kind of why you know I thought today's show. I'm glad we talked about is like you know letting people know that you know frauds out there, and there's different ways that you know fraud can can happen on these things. The last one I wanted to hit on it's not necessarily you, you touched on it before, but I know you've kind of shared horror stories of the the flip can be fraud because you've gone into houses where people are shocked because they feel like oh I got a new kitchen, but they don't have a new kitchen because it's like a flip. Yeah. And you know, there there's there's some of this remodeling that's being done. Um I, I would say unethically, it's it's sort of just glazing over the top. It's not it's not been done with good technique, sometimes poor materials. Um it's very visible to somebody like us, but uh, to a first time home buyer, you know, they're maybe they're new in town. Yeah. Uh, the realtor's showing them stuff in their price range, and they're thinking, oh, this is great. I don't have to do anything for a while. And then uh, somebody like me comes in and says, uh, you know, that bathroom has major issues. It's all got to be torn out and, and, and started from scratch. Um, it would have been better off, really, if the flippers didn't even touch it. Uh, that's a tough pill to swallow, yeah. you know. And I feel really bad for people that are in that situation. Um if you buy that house with open eyes and you know that uh, this has happened and you you're you're not paying for that new kitchen or new bath or whatever it is, uh, you you know you you know what you're walking into. That's a different situation, but that I think rarely happens, and and it's partially is because the person flipping that house goes, well, I'm just going to hire a realtor and separate myself from the new buyer. So it's not me saying. It's a new, it's a new bathroom or a new yeah. kitchen. It's just somebody assuming it's a new bathroom or a new kitchen. Um, maybe Martha Stewart got a hold of it and <laughs> fancied it up a little bit or something. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so I, I think there's some gray areas there. Uh, again, if that work got done without a permit, I personally think uh, the next owner should have recourse. Should be able to go, hey, why? Um, I bought this not knowing that this work was not done without a permit. I think there's some lawsuits in our future over this stuff, and maybe it'll uh, it'll change how things are getting done around town and around the the country. But um, I don't know if we're there yet. This has been the Edge Construction Home Remodeling Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on the Man.